Good morning. For those who don't know me, my name is Grant Murata. I'm one of the elders here at Harbor Honolulu. And if you're here last week, we just relaunched Harbor Nu'uanu. Right? So we talked about how they were here for about a year fellowshipping with us because the schools were closed due to COVID. And as schools have started to open up again, we just kind of relaunched them um, as a body. Right? So we talked about them as a church body going out to minister to the people of Kalihi Valley. And this is their first full week back at my, my elementary. So as Pastor John gave his last regular sermon here, uh, he talked about the first half of 1 Corinthians 12. And he talked about spiritual gifts, how God distributes them, how each of us have one or many, and we're to use them to bring him glory. And in the second half of the chapter, it gives us an idea of where and how we're supposed to use these gifts. But before we dive into the passage, let me start with a hypothetical situation, okay? So hypothetically, imagine I suddenly lost my right pinky finger, right? No big deal. Some of you are like, oh, no big deal. Well, I thought about it. I think it's kind of a big deal, right? So racket sports, right? Ping pong, tennis, pickleball, badminton, all of those would be impacted because I would no longer have a pinky finger. My grip would have to adjust. Uh, bowling, right? I would no longer have the stabilizing finger. That'll make a big difference. I can never bowl the 300 game. Um, drinking co a coffee or tea. I always thought it was more sophisticated to hold out your pinky, <laughs> so that wouldn't be as cool anymore. Um, pinky promises, dollar bets, none of that. But probably the most significant is I would no longer be able to do this. The best I could muster is, and hitchhiking is illegal in Hawaii. Right, so losing one small part of your body, I think it is kind of a big deal. It's because you're no longer whole, right? You can compensate, you can learn to live without it, but it's going to be different. And in today's passage, we're going to take a deeper dive into this analogy and look at how it applies to our local church. And you think church of a body, as a body, you've probably heard people talk about church and Christians as a family, as brothers and sisters, and we're going to unpack this a little bit too. But let's first start by asking God to help us understand the connection between the physical body, which is a miracle of biology that God designed and put together, and the church body, which he designed and put together, but as a miracle of grace. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for our church family, the brothers and sisters that you've called to Harbor Church to walk through life together. And this morning, you're emphasizing that we are a body, a unit, a mashup of different parts that are wonderfully put together. So help us to understand how each of us is a critical part and how much we all need each other. Amen. Now, the Bible clearly talks about the church as family, as brothers and sisters. In Romans 8, Jesus is the firstborn raised from the dead. And he says we're all adopted as God's children. In Mark 3, Jesus talks about his brothers and sisters are those who has a, have a spiritual connection with him, not just a physical. And in the book of Acts, it frequently talks about brothers and sisters. And so this concept is biblical. It's been around for a long time. But the connection here with family is relational. It's about commitment. This morning, Paul's going to use this analogy of the body to help us understand some additional truths about how we are to relate to each other in a church. And he is really committed to this analogy. Take a look at this slide. So 19 times he uses the word body in this short passage. Let's just dive right in and start and looking at the passage. Verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body are many, although they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, 
And just as an aside, back in those days, if you weren't Jewish, you were Greek. And if you weren't a slave, you were free. So this means for everyone. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, everyone. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, if the body is not one part but many, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It's not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it's not for any, of, any less reason for that. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged each one of the parts of the body just as he wanted. Okay, right? We get it. We get it. Verse 19. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Paul must think we're dumb. But as often the case in the Bible, he repeats things over and again for emphasis. Right? So we're like different parts of the body. That's, that makes sense, right? But think about this. Fingers and toes. I saw a video when I was little, a TV show where they had someone who lost their thumb and they replaced it with a toe. So kind of the same, right? I wonder if they had hand jams after that. But it's a little different. Think about your fingernails and your hair, different parts of your body. My knee and my shoulder. Well, when I was in college, I played intramural soccer and my knee went sideways, but I've never really seen a knee make this kind of motion before. What about your ear and your spine, your skin and your eye. They're both organs, but they're really different. So how do we apply these differences in our body in relation to the church? Well, first of all, we are different in many ways, not just looks. So we all don't have the same jobs. We didn't have the same backgrounds growing up. We don't run around the same socioeconomic circles. We even don't have the same beliefs. And what I mean by that is political. My wife, Tracy, and I, we know a lot of people at church, and we have a lot of commonality around issues. But we know that there are people who will support different candidates, political diversity. Some people will say that churches are, are supposed to have people full of like-mindedness. Really? Like-mindedness? You know, I know we must have commonality around certain issues, like who is the Holy Spirit, the authenticity of the Bible and its original autographs? Who is Jesus? But what about things like children's ministry? music styles, hugs versus honeys versus fist bumps, or even what kind of food are we going to serve at events? So like a body, like a physical body, we should expect differences. We should expect to see different kinds of parts here at Harbor. Another point, because we are like a physical body, we are going to have some behinds, at least one. Okay, so you might think I'm stretching this analogy. Just hold on for a second. Behinds are important. Do you know that it's a $500 million a year industry? <laughs> Taking care of our behinds is critical. Um, if you've ever sat watching a sport, baseball, on those aluminum seats or the wooden seats, right? Your, your behind gets sore, your back, you're uncomfortable. You don't really get to enjoy the game as much. That's why they even sell portable stadium seats, right? Those padded things that you can put on and sit on it to enjoy it a little more. Big butts can be good. Continuing with that analogy, pooping. Number two, if you don't go, right, your stomach is upset, you don't feel very good, you know that if you don't go number two for a couple of weeks, you will die. So think about this. We're going to have at least one behind at Harbor Church, maybe more. 
And if you are not seeing eye to eye with a brother or sister here, maybe because you guys are not eye to eye, something to consider. These parts are designed and intended to be part of our body. And I think the third point that Paul's trying to make is that we really shouldn't devalue any part, especially don't devalue your part. So the foot should, can't say, because I'm not a hand, it's not a part of the body, or the ear can't say, because I'm not an eye. You know, these are less valuable parts. Maybe they're not as cool. Maybe they take a hit to their own personal self-esteem. But we are going to inevitably compare ourselves to each other. Now, have you heard of the idea of a vestigial organ? Nowadays, they don't talk about it very much, but when I was growing up, they talked about these parts that were unnecessary because over millions of years of evolution, these were just not part of the body anymore. Well, so if you got a sore throat a lot when you were little, they would just cut out your tonsils because it wasn't necessary. If your appendix got swollen, they would just cut it out because it wasn't necessary. Well, modern science, modern medicine tells us that these two organs in particular are an important part of a well-functioning body. Your tonsils, it catches germs that would otherwise enter through your nose or mouth. And your appendix, after you're sick, it releases hormones to make your body return to normal. So think about these unnecessary parts. They actually help us from becoming unhealthy. So think about that if you imagine you're not needed at Harbor. We all can't be a hand. We all can't be eyes. Can you imagine us like a beholder? Um, Paul warns us that we're going to be tempted to compare and evaluate our worth against each other. But we are different. So we should expect the differences and we should expect the challenges that come with being different. Relationships, styles, communication. All the point of this emphasis is on differences, though, is not about the fact that we're different, but the fact that we as a church should have unity. And so our focus should be in the unity that God provides. The title of today's sermon is Built by the Spirit. So we're a, a motley crew, and though some parts are a little on the wild side, some of us have looks that kill. In the end, our church is like our family, our home, sweet home, if you could say that. And wouldn't it be ludicrous if our ankles were fighting our wrists? Right? That doesn't make any sense. Right? Don't act like a fool. Your brain fighting your lungs. What benefit would that be? If your body attacks itself, it's called cancer. And isn't that the same term we use for people who grumble, compare, and divide a group? We demonstrate to the world the supernatural grace of God when our hodgepodge of people work together in harmony to accomplish his tasks. And so what are some key takeaways from the passage this morning? The first, God has put this body together. He's put this body together. We're going to take a look back at verse 13. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, and we're all given one spirit to drink. So supernaturally, through the Holy Spirit, Christians are connected spiritually through the death and resurrection of Christ. It's interesting to note the term here for baptized and given to drink are both in the passive voice. And so that means that they are things that are done to us not anything that we could do on our own. In verse 18, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. So each of you, each of us, has been intentionally placed at harbor for a reason. And whatever role he has, you did not put yourself there. The implication of God putting you where he wants is that he can arrange you to another spot, and it means that our roles can change over time depending on the season. So whatever role that we have it's been given to us, and so we should approach what we do at church with humility and with grace. 
Let's jump back into verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. So when you think about it, our internal organs are, are weaker than our external parts. So uh, for example, if a snake is trying to bite my foot, I can just move my foot or I can run away. Uh, if someone's trying to grab my arm, I can just move my arm or run away. If someone's even trying to attack my face or my head, I can defend myself by sacrificing my arm or my hand. Right? There's things that my ex some parts can defend themselves. My internal parts and much of my body cannot, but I really need my heart. So at our church, we have parts that are indispensable. The PowerPoint people, they're invisible until he or she forgets a slide. We would totally notice if the people who clean the bathroom stopped. And we would totally notice if the people who did the children's ministry, the cakey ministry downstairs, stopped as well because all our kids would be up here fellowshipping with us. If the people who did finances suddenly disappeared, Harbor would grind to a halt. Verse 23. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honorable to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. There are parts of our body that don't need additional honor. Maybe this is like the upfront rows or the things that people see. So many parts of Harbor are, are beautiful and skillful and recognized. But all the parts are important. We need all of them. And in fact, the passage says that these parts are to be given even greater honor. So we need all of you. And that's why point number two we need to honor and protect each other. I've had coworkers that were brilliant, really, really smart at what they did, um, great workers, great employees, but we never let them talk to customers or clients. So these are computer programmers, and I think they're all guys. But so we never did. And, and it's because if we put them in front of a client, they might say something bad, like, wow, that was a stupid question. Or some client might ask for a feature, and they're like, I can do it next week, messing up the rest of the group. Right? So these people, if they were invited to a meeting, we would politely tell the person, oh, they're busy. And they were. They were busy working on things they needed to do. But we were protecting them because we didn't want them to be ridiculed for their lack of social skills. And we protected our team from the distraction. So the same way, let's not expose a part of our body to ridicule. Protect the body. So if your church sister likes to explain and she has a really firm grasp on the doctrine that all dogs go to heaven, maybe that's not the topic you lead with when you introduce her to a new visitor on Sunday. Or maybe you have a church brother who, who's lacking some social skills. Okay, your community group church brother needs some help, invite him over for dinner. Show him, hey, don't talk and chew with your mouth open and don't use your hands. Right? These are the things that we can do to help protect it's not about covering up a wrong. It's about taking care of a vulnerable part. And all of this is so that we develop a concern for one another. If one suffers, everyone does. And if you ever kick your baby toe while walking around your room at night, you know that your entire body feels the pain. I had a kidney stone once. It's a, a tiny little thing like a grain of rice that was spiky, just in one kidney. But it made me very, 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 very sore 
to the point where I was banging my head against the wall to try to distract the pain and rolling around on the ground. If you've ever had a delicious meal, right, it tastes good to your lips, agrees with your stomach, your entire body is relaxed as you're getting ready for a knack attack. Or if someone came up to you and said, wow, you have a beautiful smile, it makes your entire self feel good. It's not like your ears are complaining that they didn't get a compliment. We are to not just empathize with other people in our church. We should be so connected that we hurt and we rejoice just as if we were the same body. And this connection should help us to avoid petty disagreements, bitterness, and jealousy. It will allow us to give grace when there is miscommunication, mistakes, or just plain old forgetfulness. Just as we expect there would be harmony within our physical body, there would be sh we should strive for harmony and care within our church. In verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So again, Paul reminds us we are a body and we are individual parts with unique skills, gifts, and experiences. Galatians 5 tells us that we are to serve one another. Hebrews 10.24 tells us we should encourage one another. And even Jesus lived a perfect life, but he didn't come to be served, but to serve others. So if you are at a community group meeting, and the facilitator asks, does anyone have any questions or thoughts? Say something. If you're at a picnic event and some chairs need to be moved, grab one. Guys, if you're out talking with your friend in the entranceway downstairs and you see a little kid making a beeline to the street, don't say, oh, I'm not good with kids. Pick them up. If you don't want to pick them up, just get your body in the way and stop them from running away. You may not be thanked. Right? The parents are busy with maybe other children as well what your father in heaven sees. And maybe there's a young lady who sees you do that and will pay dividends in the future. <laughs> I have a friend, uh, when he first came to Harbor, he was single and he was looking for a place to serve. And there was a, a need mentioned about children's ministry, kiki ministry. And so he had never grown up with kids. He didn't have much experience and he didn't know if he really wanted to work with that age group, but he said there was a need, so he gave it a try. And you know what he found out? He loved it. He loved working with that age group and with the children. And so when he moved away to another church, to Alaska, you guys probably know who I'm talking about now, some of you, uh, he signed up for children's ministry there. And another side note, he's now married. So I'm not saying those two are exactly connected, <laughs> but I'll let Cindy Dirks know that she may have some young men signing up for children's ministry. So let's finish up the passage. Uh, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Next, miracles. Then gifts of healing, helping, leading, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues or do all interpret? But desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. So the context of this, remember, is about how each part is important, and we're all to work together. And Paul lists these things in an order, not to confuse us, but to make another point. Take a look at the list. Apostles, the list. Apostles, prophets, and teachers, that first group, they're all about teaching and sharing the word of God. That second group, miracles, healing, helping, leading, it's about serving people, helping others. And the last one, tongues, just a side note, <clears throat> tongues can be used for evangelism, but it's, personally about, it's about personally giving glory to God and bringing believers together. So this ordering here is not about importance, but it's how we can have more impact. Paul is encouraging us to desire the greater gift, 
So if you are a patella, your kneecap, and you could become a hand or mouth, do it. But maybe for this season, you just need some protection and covering up. In any case, wherever God has put you, be the best elbow, the best spleen, the best makapiapia duck that you can be. So one last story about body parts. Okay, my hand. Uh, my, my hand doesn't like bugs. You know, I, I don't like bugs, but my hand doesn't like bugs for the sake of the story. Um, it doesn't like cockroaches. It doesn't like worms. It doesn't like a lot of those kinds of things. Um, but when I was first married, I had an opportunity to learn that just because you don't like, do something, like doing something, it doesn't mean it's not your job. And so Tracy saw a, a big gecko, and she wanted me to remove it. And so I screamed like a girl, <laughs> which is a high-pitched battle cry, in case anyone is wondering. And I, I quickly looked for something, because I wasn't going to grab that thing with my bare hand, right? So I got like five layers of Kleenex, and um, I tried to grab it, because it, those big fat ones are fast, right? So I, I finally grab it, and it's scary because I didn't want to smash it. And my hand did not like this, right? It's millimeters away from this gecko. I can feel its heartbeat. It's squirming. My wrist didn't like it because the tail broke off and landed on my arm. Okay, so... Um, I ran over to the front door. I had a job to do, and okay, I did later, but that's not the point. So I opened the door, and I threw everything as far as I could, and then slammed it. So I'm much better at these things. So just this morning, as I was preparing, there was a big black cockroach. It was like this big. <laughs> I didn't scream out a battle cry, uh, and I used a half gallon of Windex to kill it. Uh, but now my hand knows that it has a job to do. Where's your part at Harbor? What's your part? If God has you here, he's designed something just for you. And some of you may be new or you've been here for a while and you're feeling like, I don't fit in, my interests, my gifts are just too different. We actually need you. This, uh, if this is where you are this morning, I'd like to encourage you to talk to one of our ministry leads. You can also email aloha at harborhawaii.org. And if you have some questions, just want to ask some questions about where you might fit in. We'd love to walk through this with you. So we need here at Harbor a diversity of ideas, gifts, passions, skills, experience to fulfill God's mission. We don't have any unnecessary parts here. We need everyone. We need every one of us. So we are a family, and together we are his body, working together to impact the world for Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for our differences, all the parts of Harbor. But most of all, thank you for the unity that comes because each of us has received the grace that comes from Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you help us understand the value, the part that you've assigned to us. We also pray that you help us to understand and value the other parts of Harbor. Help us to extend the same grace you've given to us, to our Christian brothers and sisters, especially when we have differences. And all of this is so that we can accomplish your work. Help us to display your grace and love to the world so that our unity and diversity, we can bring more glory to you. Amen.